say, Kalo's Church, we're discussing. Actually, before we say, let's play paper, rock, scissors. <gasps> uh, loser! We're discussing how to win without being a jerk. Welcome to Kalos Church. My name is Pradeep Jiva, And I'm Amrita. Kalos means beautiful in Greek. And we know when it comes to church, people have seen or heard ugly things. And so we wanted to create a community where we could see what is beautiful about Jesus and ask that question all the time. If you want to get content like this every week, please subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram. Yes, we're so thankful that you joined us online today. And at our church, we have this saying where we say we don't just want to be a friendly church. Mm -hmm but we want to be a church of friends and we really mean it. And every yes. single week we actually participate in what we call our private Facebook group. And we actually bring more people into this group every yeah, single yeah, week. Yeah. We want you to become a part of our community as well. And in this community, we pray for one another mm -hmm. all throughout the week. We talk to each other, we share memes, we laugh. It's mm -hmm. really an incredible community. And especially in this time, mm -hmm. it has helped us stay connected yes. to one another. And every week in our service from that group, we share something really good and we also pray together and so today I want to share something really good good news and that is the fast is over Woo! and we can eat or whatever it is that you fasted yes today Praise is the day Lord. we are celebrating mm. hey I just want to celebrate that we have a church of people who fast and pray and yes. seek God and we Man. saw God move yes. in these last 21 days and so we're celebrating that and we yes. just don't want to go by another fast without really celebrating who God is mm -hmm. and what he's done in our lives so tonight I want you to come to unveil. We're going to give you some more details. It's going to be online and we're going to celebrate that the fast is over yes. and God did some really awesome stuff. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, praise the Lord. Yes. We also have a prayer request today that I want to invite you all to pray with me about. And that is that our friend Drew Snyder mm -hmm. um, had a really big fall this last week or even the week before, I think it was. And uh, it was a very, very, very dangerous fall. He he works in construction and was on a roof that was 30 feet high and fell off of it um, and was actually uh, saving a tool from falling on the people below. Wow. Because of that, he put his own life at risk and fell and broke both of his ankles and in the last week has had to have numerous surgeries yeah. on that. And we are going to pray and have been praying that Drew would have a really speedy and quick recovery because the reality is, is it's going to look like he's going to be in a wheelchair for a mm. while. And it, that's just a really hard situation yeah. to be in right now. Drew is still in the hospital. We want to pray that he gets released and that God will yes. heal him uh, quickly. So let's all pray together for Drew. Father, we thank you so much that um, you were with Drew. God, mm -hmm. that your angels were with him. God, that it could have been much worse. Yeah. Uh, but Lord, it, it, it is incredibly painful and traumatizing yeah. what he did go through. And so, Lord, we're asking for your miraculous mm -hmm. healing yes, power in both of his ankles and his legs right now in the name yes. of Jesus. Lord, we pray for the emotional toll that this has taken on mm -hmm. him and his family. And we ask God that everything would begin to heal quickly. And Father, that Drew would be able to be back on his feet yes. again. Lord, we thank you so much for Drew. And we lift him up.
this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, without further ado, we're going to hear a great message from Pastor Pradeepin. Go ahead and say amen in the chat. Give him a digital high yes. five and let's have an incredible message. Woohoo! Well, I'm so excited to continue our Book of Esther series. And this is crazy. This is our last sermon in the whole series. Wow. And what a wild book it has been. And we've been in this book since June. And now we're going to conclude it with chapter 10, the last chapter that only has three verses. Imagine trying to write a whole sermon with just three verses in the chapter. Well, challenge. let's jump in. <laughs> let's jump into chapter 10 right now. King Xerxes imposed a tribute throughout his empire, even to the distant coastlands. His great achievements and the full account of the greatness of Mordecai, whom the king had promoted, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Media and Persia. Mordecai the Jew became the prime minister with authority next to that of King Xerxes himself. He was very great among the Jews who held him in high esteem because he continued to work for the good of his people and speak up for the welfare of all their descendants. Somehow in these three verses in the chapter, the full chapter that we just read, I'm really impressed at the description of Mordecai. He really handled his victory well. When he had been working in the background, he had faced death and really genocide for the Jewish people. Now he's been placed as second in command over all of the greatest kingdom in the world at the time. And he's still held in high esteem by his very own people, his brothers and sisters, his family members, all of the Jewish people. And I don't know about you, I have been someone that doesn't win gracefully like Mordecai. In fact, I've seen a lot of people let victory go to their heads. You know, I was looking at some YouTube videos the other day and there's this common prank I found out. It's when you write a fake lottery ticket, you print it or something like that. You give it to your friend, the spouse or someone and they think they've won millions of dollars. In this one YouTube video, a guy received his ticket, saw, oh my goodness, I've won $50 million. He doesn't know it's a prank yet. And he starts to freak out. Oh my goodness, his girlfriend is there. His friend is there. And he says, I've won a million dollars. I've won $50 million. And they're like, you know, in on the joke. And so they're celebrating with him. Oh, wow, you're the man. That's incredible. And so this guy does something they didn't expect. He immediately calls his boss where he gets his money from. Calls his boss and says, hey, boss, I can't stand your face. I don't like you. I hate working for you, and I'm not going to take anything from you anymore. I hate you. I hate what you do. I hate what you are, and I am done. I no longer work for you. I quit. And his friends start to freak out because they realize this is a fake ticket, and he's going to need a job after this. And, and they're like, hey, hey, his girlfriend's like, honey, honey, please, like, listen to me. Don't do that. You need to call your boss back. He's like, shut up. In fact, you know what, girlfriend? I don't need you anymore. I am a millionaire. I can upgrade. I can get a better girlfriend. I don't need you. We are over. And she can't get a word in. And finally, she does. And she's like, hey, that ticket is fake. You're not a millionaire. And he realizes, oh my goodness, I just lost my job. I just lost my girlfriend. And he did not handle victory, the lotto victory gracefully. It went to his head. His true colors came out. And I'm really amazed at these three verses in chapter 10 because 
Mordecai is placed as second in command over all of these people. And yet it seems it doesn't go to his head. Mm. It continues to work for the people. Mm. It continues to speak up for all the future descendants. It doesn't really like corrupt or expose an evil intent or a prideful intent. And in fact, it, it helps him to accomplish more good for the people of God. Mm. And I, I don't know about you, when you've achieved victory, maybe you've been someone who like will have a great job, have a great career at any cost, and you will trample people in order to get your promotion. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in our pursuit of victory or accomplishment, some ugly things come out of us. Maybe you're just really competitive and you're, you're like this person in this meme. I love this. Kevin Chang says in his yearbook picture, it's not enough that I should succeed. Others should fail. Maybe you're the kind of person and trying to accomplish your goals or your passions or your vision for your life. You forget the people that have helped you get this far. And in your pursuit of goals, pursuit of a career, pursuit of your passions, you forget about all the amazing people who have loved you in the hard times, in the early times, in the foundation of your life. Victory does a lot of things to us. Mm. It can expose who we really are. It can corrupt us. But as we look at these three verses with Mordecai, that's not at all what happens. In fact, he is able to win without becoming a jerk. And so I want to look this morning at three things that we can see from the life of Mordecai that I believe we could learn from that could really benefit us. And so the first thing I want to share is this. Mordecai kept working when it wasn't glamorous. Mm. He's Throughout this scripture and throughout this book, he's working in the background, yeah. especially when it's not glamorous. He becomes, yes, you know, the prime minister, second in command. But let's not forget the story. His daughter is sex trafficked to the king. She's enrolled in this competition where they can't say no to King Xerxes. Many times when he finds out that all the people are going to die, all of his Jewish brothers and sisters are going to die, he's walking around in sackcloth and ashes. He's depressed. He's praying and fasting. And he's raised his daughter and had taught her, had taught her how to be a woman of God, had taught her strategy. But now when all of these people's lives are in danger because of really something he catalyzed by not kneeling to Haman, he's kind of helpless and he has to work through his daughter. I can imagine as a father wanting to be strong, wanting to protect her. But now he's having to write letters and he's having to coach her from the background, from the shadows. That's not glamorous at all. That must have been really painful for him. That must have made him feel very powerless. But yet he kept on working in the background. Yeah. He kept on working. You know, there are some things that happen when we work in the background. And, you know, for the people of God, we've followed the example of Jesus as people who can very, very adeptly work in the spotlight, but also work in the shadows. In a way, we're like, the glow-in-the-dark stars I used to put in my bedroom. I don't know if you yeah. have these, but in my, my bedroom in Coon Rapids, Minnesota, I used to, in the daytime, put all these glow-in-the-dark stars on my walls, on my ceilings, and during the daytime, you wouldn't be able to see them. But when you turned off the light, oh, man, there was a yeah. glow. And it was in the darkness, those true stickers' potential was activated. And I don't know, I, I feel like wow. we see Mordecai's true potential 
in the darkness, in the shadows, as he continues to work for the kingdom of God, even when people didn't recognize him, even when it didn't feel like it was working, like when he saved the king's life, and then the king doesn't even know it until much later, when he just happens to, at nighttime, read the chronicles of events, and he says, hey, have I rewarded this guy for saving my life who was working in the background, this guy I haven't honored? And just like those glow-in-the-dark stickers, Mordecai is activated in the shadows. And I'm just so impressed. You know, when we moved here to start Kalos Church, we asked people, hey, do you want to help us start a church in a comedy club? We can't give you a paycheck. We can't give you a title. We can't give you any authority. We can't even tell you exactly what you're going to do. And to our great, great surprise, (laughs) many, many people said, hey, Sign me up. People moved across the nation to help us start this church. And in the depths of people's heart was this this mindset, which still impresses me to this day. I'm so moved by the people who have helped us start Kalos Church. But in the depths of their heart, when they were pushed in that time of darkness and living in the background, they say, hey, look, look, we want to make known the beauty of Jesus. And the goal is more important in my role. Mm. I think that's so beautiful. If you want another rhyme, they said from the depths of their heart and through their actions that the mission is more important than my position. I'll do whatever it takes to make known the beauty yeah, of Jesus, even if I don't get the glory. And so you might be in a season right now where you feel like you're in the background, where you feel like I have this dream from God, but nothing looks as glamorous. Mm-hmm. Lord, what is happening? And if you feel that way, I want to let you know, you might be in really good company, especially as we look at this book of Esther. We see even that this whole book is called Esther, yet the first chapter talks about the greatness of Xerxes. The last chapter talks about the greatness of Mordecai and Esther. What? She gets the title of the book, but why aren't we talking about her in the first and last chapter? Mordecai is obviously working in the background like we've talked about, and even God himself right? This is a book found in the Bible, but in the book of Esther, God isn't mentioned. Mm -hmm. It's crazy Mm -hmm. working in the background. And so as people of God, it's amazing. I I love this quote from uh, Harry Truman. He says, it's amazing what you can accomplish if you do not care who gets the credit. Mm -hmm. And we see this in Mordecai, who is able to work in the background, even when it was glamorous. And I pray that we as the people of God would do the same. Amen. Amen. The second thing I see is this. Mordecai kept working for people when he didn't have to. Let's revisit that verse. It says, he was very great among the Jews. So he's already great. He's already won victory. Who held him in high esteem. Why did they hold him in high esteem? Because he continued to work for the good of people. I'm impressed, honestly, that the Jewish people still liked him after he rose in fame and authority and power. You know, society, it's part of our human nature that we love rooting for the underdog, right? We want them to win. But when that underdog wins like five football championships, right, in a row, we can't wait until the next underdog can topple that regime. We love rooting for the underdog, but when someone's winning too much, usually we just want to tear them down. We want to bring them to our level. Who do you think you are? But that's not what happened to Mordecai. I think that's so amazing that the Jews still respected him. They liked him. They held him in high esteem. And I think that might be because he continued to work for the good of the Jewish people even after he didn't have to. Even after he could have been safe and secure with all this power 
fame, and security. You know, when I was an early Christian, when I, I mean, fresh, back in Minnesota, I, I remember going into the church, learning about Jesus, not knowing about scripture, not knowing all the songs that everybody seemed to know. But then as I studied and I learned and I read the Bible, I began to get a little cocky in my faith. And I, I began to call out all the lukewarm sinners who didn't know the scriptures, who weren't worshiping, who weren't praying every single day, who weren't reading their Bible every single day. In fact, the girl who brought me to church, the only reason I ended up at this church and got to meet all these people, I remember I started just confronting her. You're a lukewarm sinner. How dare you listen to secular music, you heathen! You know, and I just started to confront her and confront her and confront her. We were very, very close friends. This, you know, one of the reasons I was able to go to church with her, I trusted her. And I remember one day she just said, Pretty Finn, now that you're a Christian, I just don't really like you. Mm. Now that, you know, you're leading Bible studies and people are asking you to publicly pray, I don't like you. And it was like, as soon as I got a little bit of fame in the church, a little bit of authority, as soon as I got a little bit of knowledge about the, the ways of Jesus, I began to be puffed up and it went to my head. And the people around me began to just not like me because I was not breathing life into them. I was condemning them. I was calling them out on everything they did wrong. I, I was such a critical person when it came to the spiritual lives of other people. But this isn't what Mordecai does. He's not continually puffing himself up. He's continuing to work for the good of the people. And I, I wish I would have learned from Mordecai back then, but even my own experience of pride and being puffed up in my Christianity, I've, I've learned this lesson. It's this, never let failures get to your heart and never let success get to your head. Mm. You know, Mordecai failed over and over and over and over again. It was years before he was acknowledged, but also he found success and he didn't let those failures get to his heart, but he didn't let the success go to his head. Mm -hmm. He kept on thinking of the interests of other yeah. people. Yeah. And I, I'm really moved by that. And just even as a, a spiritual leader now, as we're pastors, we, we receive a lot of compliments and we receive a lot of critiques. And sometimes that can impact our heart and our head. And I've just learned another lesson over the years. Like when you receive a critique, you're not half as bad as what people say you are. But also when you receive a compliment, you're not half yeah, as good as good. people say you are. Like stay a human, be humble, but also don't live in condemnation. Don't let people's critiques weigh you down, yeah. but don't let people's compliments, you know, fill you with pride mm -hmm. and give you a big head. Mm -hmm. That's just super powerful. And it's really the example of Jesus. Let's look at this verse about Jesus, a description about how Jesus act, acted as fully God, fully human. Let's see if he got prideful with all of that. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Wow. Jesus being fully God did not use that for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing 
and exalted Jesus. God, he exalted the Father as Jesus. And I just, I love that. And he has given us a position. He He's lifted us up from the depths with his authority, with his humility. And I just, can we just take a moment to acknowledge how amazing yeah. and how beautiful, mm. how unique and wonderful Jesus is. Mm. I mean, if anybody could lord it over us with pride and power, it could be Jesus. Mm. And yet he lifts us up. He humbles himself. Mm. That is our Jesus. Yeah. He is. He is beautiful. And so a challenging question I, I've been considering is this, like, how do you treat people when you think you don't need them? Right? We impress people that we need. Wow. We impress people that we need a favor from. But like Mordecai didn't need these people anymore, and yet he worked for their good. How would people say you treat them when you don't need them anymore? Mm. Or at least you don't think you need them. Mm. Powerful question from a great example in Mordecai. The third thing I'm seeing in the life of Mordecai is this. Mordecai shared the fruits of his victory. He shared his victory with other people. It says he, he was going to continue to speak up for the welfare of all their descendants. So yes, Mordecai is, he, he's willing to save his life. He's willing to save Esther's life by his coaching in the background. And then he saves all the Jewish people's life, those people who are living so that they didn't have to die. But look, we see in the scripture that he speaks up for people he will never meet. He speaks up for people he hasn't met. He speaks up for all the future descendants. I, th I just think that's so crazy that he had a generational mindset. I want to make sure that the people far off, not just my children, but my children's children and my children's grandchildren, that they will be set up to experience life in God, to have victory in their life. And he shared the fruits of his victory. He didn't just hoard it for himself. You know, this generational mindset, it, it doesn't always come naturally, you mm -hmm. know, you, you know, as, as a parent right now, I feel like I have a totally different mindset yeah. than when I was single. When I was single or even when we were married without kids, we could just get in a car and just drive and be happy and free and laugh and have joy in our lives. We could just rent a hotel and stay there and not worry about packing a pack and play or preparing snacks or food. But now like when we, when we think of like traveling or we think of leaving the house or we think about what a church service should look like, we have a very different mindset. We think, okay, how is this going to impact us? Yes, but how is it going to impact our kids? Like, is there a place for them? Are they going to have snacks? Are they going to have safety? Are they going to be bored? Are they going to be screaming? Like, we have a totally different mindset. Yeah. Like, I mean, we hardly go to restaurants anymore <laughs> because of that mindset. And in the same way, I think sometimes in the church, like we don't naturally have a generational mindset. We just think about, hey, how does this impact me right now? How does this impact my faith? How does this impact the church I'm in right now for the next year or the next 10 years? But we don't often think, how do my decisions right now, how are they going to impact the church for the next 100 years? What kind of foundation and faith am I building for the next generation? But Mordecai, he speaks up for the welfare of his, all of his descendants, mm. people he would never meet. Mm. You know, I, I'm so thankful, for example, for people at Kalos Church that, that are older than us. Yeah. You said, you know what, there's a lot of young people in this church and yeah. I want to be there to say, hey, 
I want, I want to be a father figure or I want to be a spiritual mm-hmm. mother in your life. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to breathe and speak life into you because I care about you. Mm-hmm. They freely received and now they freely given. Maybe they had a great church experience and now they want to help the next generation have a great church experience. Maybe they had a great small group experience in the past. And instead of saying, hey, I'm just going to let myself receive that, they're saying, no, I want to lead a small group so that I'm not selfish and I can be selfless by freely giving what I've received. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. love that generational mindset. Check out this prayer in Ephesians 3. It says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church. And in Christ Jesus, check this out, throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You know, this generational mindset, you know, we prayed for Drew Snyder earlier who who fell 30 feet and completely shattered his feet his ankles his shins like if he would have fallen on his head from 30 feet he probably would have died and he I I just was at the hospital with him and we we got to connect and laugh and cry and pray and he he he's just recounting the story to me and he said you know what pretty Finn, I was on the ground just screaming and I'll I'll never forget that pain and I just kind of remember this guy coming up to me and he said, hey, can I, can I do something for you? I don't want to touch you because I don't want to move the bones, but can I get you something? And Drew said, I don't know what came over me, but in that moment, I, I, I realized like I might die and I, I want to pass on my faith to the next generation. So he said, hey, n- no, you can't get me anything, but I can give you something. Do you know that Jesus loves you? And I know you're trying to save my life, but Jesus wants to save your life. I'm just like, Drew, who are you? Like your legs are shattered Mm. and you're thinking about passing on your faith to the next generation. And I I just think that's beautiful. Now, I want you to consider that story when we consider the question, how are the decisions and the actions you're taking right now? How is it helping the church a hundred years from now? Mm. How is it helping the next generation? You know, tonight um, we're having a very special unveil service where we're going to talk about how we can continue to work for the good of the people in Bellevue and speak up for the next generation. We're going to meet our brand new small group leaders. We're going to talk about some strategy we have for this fall. But if you're hearing this message and you're like, wow, I I want to help the people around me. I want to help the people in this city. I want to make a difference with the local church. And I want to make known the beauty of Jesus with my life and through a community that's working for something bigger than any of us individually. I want to be someone that says, hey, the mission is more important than my position. and, And the goal of making known the beauty of Jesus is more important than my role. And I want to participate. Hey, would you join us tonight for Unveil? We'll give you more information and some links you can click on. It's going to be all digital, but it's just going to be a moment where we can connect and strategize. How can we bless the people around us? Well, I'm going to close in prayer. And I just want to say thank you so much for joining us on this journey through Esther. It's been such a relevant and timely book as we've talked about racism and protesting against government and and talked about, hey, should we kneel or not kneel? Or how do we use our position to help other people? What a beautiful book. And through it all, even though God's not mentioned, we've seen the providence and the beauty and the provision of God who works in the background, 
even when we don't see it. And may we as the people of God follow that example and see that even in the darkest of situations, a light can rise and God can turn around any situation, no matter how bad it is, for his glory. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for this word and this message. Lord, I, I pray that we would learn from these examples of humility, of working in the background, of continuing to help people that we don't need a favor from in passing on the fruit of our victory to the next generation. And Lord, Esther is great. Mordecai is great. But Jesus, we know that you are even greater. And so we're thankful for your role in our lives, how you hold us all together, how you've brought us victory. And Lord, we pray that we'd be able to pass it on to the next generation, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 What a powerful example in Jesus Christ. And we're going to pray a prayer of salvation, which is basically saying, Jesus, we surrender our lives to you. If you've never prayed that prayer, no matter where you're at right now, maybe you're in a coffee shop, maybe you're in your bedroom or the living room, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer out loud Mm -hmm. and surrender your life to Jesus. He wants to bring you life and freedom and hope and purpose. And uh, man, it's not a magic spell, but just praying and connecting to God. Wow, that's where we find all life. So let's pray this prayer at the same time, all together. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Well, hey, I'm so proud of you for praying that prayer. If you did so, especially if you did it for the first time, we don't want you to walk through this kind of journey alone. Giving your life to Jesus is a big deal. And so, hey, please text the number on the screen so that we can just really start a friendship, a relationship, and help you walk through this journey. Amen. 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 Well, amazing wrap up to this incredible summer of Esther. Thank you for that word. If you know someone who would be encouraged by this word, I want to encourage you to share it. Would you like us on Facebook and share this message on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Mm -hmm. subscribe to the YouTube channel? We need to get more of the gospel message out as far as we can. So be sure to share that today. Um, We want to transition into a time of worshiping God with our giving. You can give to Kalos Church and know that you're giving to life change. And we're about to launch our new season of small groups. And I want you to hear why it's so important to be a part of a small group. Hear this testimony from our friend, Josh Lewis. Hey, Kalos. Miss everybody. Wanted to just share really quickly my testimony around small groups in particular and the impact they have made on me especially during this tough season of COVID-19. So just as the things were getting started, we were in quarantine, really came up against a lot of anxiety from that and stress just from not knowing what was going on, not knowing about the future. And right at that time, uh, we actually had a small group around rhythms and really working on rhythms to help us with that stress and anxiety. And it was so great, just friends coming together, talking through things with one another, hearing from each other, sharing our experiences. And so in that, I was just able to really process what was happening just for myself 
and then talk through it with people and really helped me move from feeling a lot of that stress and anxiety during this time to knowing that I have people there surrounding me that I can talk with, that have my back, that can pray for me and having that community and really feeling that and, and dissipating some of that stress and anxiety that I felt there. So uh, on the other side of it, coming out of the small group, uh, had built relationships, made friends, and really felt that I had that community to talk with and to, and to share with and to walk through, especially tough seasons like this with. So really encourage you, if you're not part of a small group, find one. There's all sorts of groups for everybody. So uh, it's a great place to get connected, to build those relationships, to just be yourself, to share with people, to talk with people uh, and, and to be together. So really encourage if you're not part of a small group to attend. I'm super excited for this next season of small groups and just to see all the relationships that are built, everything that uh, people go through and, and to see just how we tackle this next season together uh, through small groups and the impact that we're gonna make there. So really excited to, uh, to see where things go and miss you all. Josh, thank you so much for that testimony. Yeah. Amazing. I'm so excited about small groups, which leads me into just a couple of announcements before we go today. And that is tonight at six o'clock is our online unveil. Whoa. It's going to be really amazing. The first 50 people who sign up to come to unveil tonight, there's still time, get a free Kalos Blend Dwell coffee. We are supporting Josh and his incredible coffee endeavor. Yes. It's going to be amazing. Hey, don't forget kids, today you can actually go get a cupcake on Kalos Church. We wanted to celebrate with you today too. So make sure you go to New York Cupcakes right over at Crossroads Bellevue and get a cupcake mm, for all the cupcake. kids. It's going to be amazing. Tonight is going to be a wonderful time where we are going to be together, share vision, and we are going to unveil the small groups for this coming season. Yes. So don't miss it. It's going to be great. Hey, next week we have what we're calling Worship in the Park. And this is actually online as well, even though it's called Worship in the Park. Our service is going to look different, but all you have to do is click the link on the screen yeah. and we're going to be together and we're going to worship God with many other churches mm -hmm. right here in our city. It's going to be amazing. 945, we're all going to come together online and have church together. Love all it. right. Well, hey, don't forget that you still have time to sponsor a teacher. This is our outreach at Kalos Church right now and we need 20 more sponsors who will sponsor a teacher, give some funds, $30, so that we can bless teachers in our community at the school that we go and bless every yes. single year. So make sure to sign up for that at the link on the screen as well. Well, let me bless you before we go today. May you know and make known the beauty of Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Death and all.